A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now inhabitants of Jerusalem and peoples of Judah judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and it shall be overgrown with briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Please stand and sing as able. Psalm 80, verses 1 through 2, and 8 through 18, found on page 3.
reading from Paul's letters to the Hebrews. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of the lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better, a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death, they were sawn in two, they were killed by the sword. They went about in the skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commanded for their faith, commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding his shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and her daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, It's going to rain, and so it happens. When you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. So good morning. Good morning. For those of you who came looking for Dan Hanshi, I'm not him. I'm a lot shorter. But Dan asked me some weeks ago if I would like to preach today. He wanted to take vacation and wondered if I would preach. And I said, sure. And he said, you might want to look at the lessons first. And I looked at the first lesson and said, oh, no problem. I love that, 
that section. I didn't want the rest of them. I said yes. I said yes. Oh, well. Anyway, I am the parish nurse here. I work with people in the community looking for people who are isolated and alone and trying to bring them into community. And I have more fun than I would be legal. And I hope I can share that with you a little bit. But first of all, I'm going to tell a story about Ron, my husband. We got married about 23 years ago. <clears throat> it will be 23 years on 10, 10, 10. I think that's a special day. Anyway, so we moved to England the next day. He was in the Air Force and was in the 501st Security Police Squadron at a Royal Air Force Base called Great Common. You might have heard about it. It was a ground launch cruise missile base. But, you know, you might not have known about that, but they had all these women who camped outside the gates. They were peace women. And they lived outside the gates. They got their mail outside the gates. They used to, they were out there witnessing outside the gates in protest of these missiles. They were well known for throwing paint at vehicles, entering or leaving the base. They were fond of red paint. It looked more like blood. And they were really, really famous for standing out there and screaming things like murderers, you know, when you were going in and out with the going out on maneuvers out in the field. They were very handy with bolt cutters and really fast. They could cut a gate and get inside. And they were constantly looking for someplace to throw paint or do something like that. You know, all this was a great annoyance to any number of people, but they weren't a particular threat to me. I wasn't particularly worried about them. After all, they were peace women, so, you know, no big deal. We lived off base, and I didn't go over there all that often. But we had been married maybe two months, and Ron came home and said, there's a party on the base. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, it's a costume party. It's one of those 50s, 60s you know, dress-up kind of parties. And I had just unpacked from the movie, and I knew just what to wear. I had the clothes. I lived through the 60s. I still had the clothes. But it took some imagination for Ron. <clears throat> Finally, we came up with a white T-shirt and a pack of, a deck of cards, actually, rolled up in a sleeve like a pack of cigarettes, cuffs turned up on jeans, and some hair gel. It just really did the trick. And then I went off and got dressed. I put on bell-bottom trousers. This that Nathaniel thought was a rag for cleaning. A tie-dyed t-shirt that should have been thrown away about 35 years ago. A fringed suede leather vest. And I had a headband that said peace on it, and it had this little symbol, and I think I stuck a flower in it. Ron didn't say anything until we got to the gate. And as we pulled up, the constable looked in from the Ministry of Defense Police. He looked in in horror and saw a peace symbol, flower in here, and leather. And he looked 
looked at Ron, and Ron said, I don't know, Constable. She just hopped in the car right over here. <laughs> Lord God of hosts, 
to show the light of God's countenance, and then we will be saved. They realize that only God can restore them, and they are lamenting. They're crying, they're complaining, they're begging, and expressing this sorrow and grief, and they're saying, Restore us, O Lord. So that's two down. And then we get to the Hebrews. Were you reading the Hebrews? My goodness. In Hebrews, though, the people are reminded of how people were saved down through history, through their faith. The people were saved over and over and over again through faith. The people that shouldn't have been saved, they were all saved through faith. Again and again, we hear about the horrible suffering of the people, that great cloud of witnesses. And we are encouraged to run the good race that's set before us. But they don't tell us what that race is. Where is the good news in these lessons? The missionary, Dr. David Livingstone, you know, Dr. Livingstone, I presume, said this, God only had one son, and he made him a missionary. Have you ever thought about Jesus, the missionary? In the gospel lesson from Luke, Jesus is on a journey toward Jerusalem. It starts in chapter 9, and it goes all the way to chapter 19. It's a really long journey toward Jerusalem. And he's in the process of teaching. Someone said, Jesus He's trying to teach the disciples. But those lessons aren't those sweet, gentle lessons that we imagine Jesus teaching. Like, Jesus our friend would, or our Savior, or forgiveness, or love, or guiding life, or, my goodness, peace, healing, unconditional love. Have you looked over that lesson again? That's not what Jesus was doing. Jesus was teaching some really hard lessons. So when we think of Jesus as our Savior, our Redeemer, our Comforter, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Prince of Peace, where is that in this lesson? I think in this lesson we have Jesus as the disturber of the peace. Just like those kids down in detention sometimes, disturbing the peace. Jesus was disturbing the peace. We imagine he is coming to bring the kingdom of God, and we have an image of what that kingdom is. But there's Jesus saying he didn't come to bring peace on the earth, but division, conflict in families, and fire on the earth. I remember sitting there last night saying, baptism by fire, sign me up. I don't think so. Not an easy lesson. And then he turned to the crowds and he called them hypocrites. When they could foretell the weather, but they couldn't see the signs of the present times. Just as Renee was talking to the children about seeing the signs of the present times. So I started looking up some other things. The meaning of missionary means somebody who sent. Somebody who sent. God sent God's Son to lead us and to teach us and to bring about God's mission. 
I love it when Desmond Tutu was talking about a statue in Rome that was a statue of the Christ, but it has no arms. We are those arms, he says. We're bringing, being sent to bring about the kingdom, but where? And to do what? When we feel inadequate to do God's work, know that God needs us bring about the change that God wants in the world. Tutu says that God believes in us. We, we believe in God. We say we do. But God believes in us. Boy, that ought to shake us up. God will never forget us. I love that passage in Isaiah 49 that says God has our names tattooed in the palm of his hand. Not going to forget us. May we put our faith in God, but God also put God's faith in us. And then I love this. Desmond Tutu says that God loves you not because you are good, but God loves you, period. God loves us not because we are lovable, he says. But we are lovable precisely because God loves us. Be encouraged that God has faith in you and that God loves you. But that won't bring about the kingdom without some work. The vineyard, the image of God's people, yielded bitter fruit. Some say that that meant that they weren't worshiping the one true God. They were worshiping other gods. So, let us worship God. God expected justice, but God bloodshed. Let us then work for justice and healing, not bloodshed. When God calls for righteousness, let us be righteous and comforting to those who are crying. Let us run that race with perseverance, looking to Jesus, as it says, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Let us pray, as the psalmist did, restore us, O God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance so that we might be saved. Finally, the work of Christ is not easy. When we feel those God nudges, that's, that's what a lot of people call them, God nudges, that are calling us to mission. No matter where or for whom, it will involve change. Change is not easy. Change causes conflict. Jesus recognized that following him meant that there would always be change, and there would always be terrible divisions. We can't always do what we have always done. It's hard work, but when you feel the nudge from God, to help bring about the kingdom in some small way, find a way to say yes. Are the signs of the present time God nudges to bring about change? Then let us not be hypocrites, but the opposite of hypocrites. Let us be upright, ethical, righteous, virtuous, decent, trustful, and trustworthy. Because the God who loves and I loves us and believes in us is nudging us still. God needs us to build up what has been torn down, to weed and to prune, to 
harvest sweet fruits that God has always intended for us. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved.